temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Gregory Wrightstone thinks about Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Hi, Gregory. Hi, good morning. How are you? Outstanding. It's I cold. knew it. Yeah, are you cold? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you recall, Noah back in October predicted that December, January, and February were going to be above average temperatures. I'm sure they'll get it better when they go to 30 to 50 year projections. Oh, now you now you cut that out. I love your cynicism, by the way. It's very fresh and deaf. But uh, when you started to thinking about trying to speak out against popular, pop, I'm, I'm going to call it popular science, right? If, when you decided to be that guy, you know, the, the, the fly in the punch bowl and all that, did you expect to meet fierce resistance and have you met fierce resistance? Oh, I'm going to. With the further success of the book, I'm sure they'll they'll really be coming out after me with the long knives. But you'd be surprised at the scientists. I recently spoke to a large uh, meeting of geologists, and virtually every geologist I talk to agrees pretty much with with what I have to say. Is that we're not? I'm not a denier. I I admit that carbon dioxide has increased a bit and it's due to our burning of fossil fuels, and that that carbon dioxide is probably having a small effect of warming on on the temperatures. But I think the temperature increase is greatly overwhelmed by the natural drivers that have been in place for hundreds of millions of years. Such as? Well, actually, it turns out new discovery of a giant star in the middle of our solar system that's driving the temperatures. It's called the sun and uh, it's, it's solar cycles, and it, 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 a lot of this is driven by uh, uh, solar storms. The worst part, the, the lowest temperatures were called, uh, it was called the Maunder Minimum back in the uh, late 1600s, where it got horribly cold. Um, 600,000 people died in one year in France at the, in the depths of the Maunder Minimum. Um, half the population of Iceland perished. I mean, bad things happen when it's cold. And historically, civilizations flourish during warming periods like we're in. Do you actually foresee, Gregory, that we could actually go in the other direction and head toward colder temperatures in the future? Oh, oh, absolutely. It's going to happen. But the problem is we don't know when it's going to happen. It might. Uh, this might be a harbinger of something now. There's been a lot of work on... Uh, on the solar cycles that we're seeing, that a lot of recent report that just came out this week that's predicting a 30-year cooling period of significant cooling uh, starting in a few years. Uh, it's going to come, and one of the big uh, overarching themes of the book really is uh, the horrific things that happen when things get cold famine, pestilence, uh, mass depopulations. And these are things that technology really can't overcome. We can't we can use mechanization and fertilization to grow more foods, but if we get bad weather like we have in the little ice age and the other cooling periods, you just
crops don't work, don't don't grow. If if you don't have the sun, if there's too much water, uh, and you can't you can't replace food that you don't grow, and that's that's a real concern. Uh, heat has always been uh, beneficial. Civilizations prosper and flourish. People have lots of food to eat. They can tinker. They can dream. They can sculpt. Create art. Uh, when there's lots of food, when when it's cold, and there's not, uh, the overarching uh, uh, theme for most people is just where is my next meal coming from? How am I going to feed my family? And those are the things you're facing with the colder temperatures. You go back to that hierarchy of needs where you're just in such a struggle that you you can't achieve any kind of enlightenment. You only worry about basically feeding yourself. So that would be bad. How does um how does climate.gov and, and NOAA account for the fact that their chart was was way off? I mean, has anybody accounted for what happened here? Uh, no, they, they tend to quickly forget about things like that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, though, is from Yogi Berra. He said, making predictions is tough, especially about the future. <laughs> and uh, he was right about that. You know, we can say... I can confidently predict that at some point we're going to go back into a cooling period. Um, maybe it'll be another little ice age. We're also at some point going to go back into another true ice age, which would be horrific. Um, if you look at the last ice age, virtually all of Canada and most of the United States was covered in hundreds of feet of ice. But most of Canada in that area would have to be abandoned uh, due to... Uh, snow and ice, and you just can't live there. So, you know, it is a possibility that Donald Trump may be building his wall on the wrong border, because we're going to have 80 million Canadians trying to come south uh, to get into the southern United States. So when that when that uh, climate event does occur, uh, I'd advise your listeners to either buy a new pair of mittens or better yet, move to Costa Rica. Well, do you think we might be around for this, or do you think this is a long time in the? And I know you said it's very difficult oh, to predict the future, but what do you do? You think we would well, see something 11, like this in our lifetime? Well, we're eleven thousand years into the current interglacial period, and these interglacial periods last anywhere from nine to fourteen, fifteen thousand years. So it it could come within the next couple of decades, or come might be the next couple of thousands of years. Um, there's not a really good way to predict this. We do know that these uh, Ice Age events occur in 100,000-year cycles. These are I'm not going to go details, but it's called the Milankovitch. These are Milankovitch cycles that are driven by uh, the Earth's orbit and the wobble of the, uh, of the Earth and the eccentricity of, the, uh, of, the, of our Earth's uh, uh, orbit there. But I, again, I don't want to. We don't. We don't go too deep in the weeds. But these are in hundred thousand year cycles regularity, so we could be coming to that. And this is, we have a huge storm that's brewing uh, in the southeast in the ocean. And often I, I, I look askance at a lot of things that they predict. But some people I really respect, like Ryan Maui that runs Weatherbell dot com. Uh, is predicting a superstorm that may lead to some of the lowest temperatures we've seen in over 100 years. And again, that that would take us back into the Little Ice Age, uh, that kind of temperature, uh, the the temperatures we see there. So why so much acceptance of 
climate change slash global warming, because we know that people often intertwine the terms, but why so much acceptance, Gregory, in your opinion, of that and such a dismissive nature of what you believe might happen? That's a good question. Um, I deal with a lot of the aspects of climate change in my book, Inconvenient Facts, uh, but it doesn't leaves open really what the biggest question is, and what is that biggest question is why are they lying to us? Uh, it's a whole. I know it sounds like a huge conspiracy, but if you look in my book, I looked at each one of the major things that we're talking about: drought, polar bears, uh, famine, heat waves. We see that these are all completely off. What's what's actually happening? I live in the real world, like you hear Rush Limbaugh. I, I live in the I live in the real world, and I look at what's actually happening. And a lot of the apocalypse events that are predicted are either just not happening or just the opposite of what we're being told. And uh, those apocalyptic climate events are really based on uh, future predictions using severely flawed climate models. But uh, they often point towards uh, you know things like melting ice caps as, as physical evidence that things are changing. How do you address things like that? Well, let's, your listeners may not be aware, we could melt the entire northern polar ice cap and it wouldn't raise sea level one millimeter. And the reason for that is, and the same with the Arctic, Antarctic ice shelves, because they're floating on water. Uh, just think about the Titanic. We've got 90% of the iceberg that's underwater. So as that iceberg melts and the polar ice caps melt, uh, the water that's displaced is actually equalized by the melt. And you can do that experiment at home with some ice cubes in a, in a glass and mark that level. Uh, melt the ice cubes and the water level remains the same. And it's the same with the northern polar ice cap. Sea level is driven mainly or entirely by melting of glaciers and ice on land. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, sea level's been pretty constant since about the uh, early 1800s. It, it is not, the rate is not increasing. Uh, as we came out of the Little Ice Age, uh, glaciers started receding, and they've been receding since then. And that was completely naturally driven. We saw that the uh, Little Ice Age, the warming trend that we're in right now, actually began in the year 1695. So... We knew there were no SUVs or coal-fired power plants in India in the year 1695. Uh, but we've seen 300-plus years of warming that half of that had to have been completely naturally driven. And what the climate alarmists are asking, they're asking your listeners, they think your listeners are idiots. They think that what they're asking us to believe is that the natural drivers of climate and temperature that have been in operation for hundreds of millions of years suddenly ceased operation at the beginning of the 20th century. Well, come on. You, you know that's not correct, and your listeners know that's not correct. It just doesn't work that way. Gregory, uh, but, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I'll tell you that uh, if you're interested, uh, if your listeners are interested in purchasing, purchasing my book, both Amazon and Barnes and & Noble are actually sold out of my book right now. Uh, the only yeah, place it is. Can... I, yeah, I checked that this morning. There are none on Amazon. Very good. Yeah, we re the Tucker Carlson interview really drove those numbers. And for your listeners, I'll give you a special promo code of 1776, 
and they can go to my website, which is inconvenientfacts.xyz, uh, and buy it there with the promo code 1776 to uh, get $5 off the book if they use that. Uh, so, yeah, the the book has been extraordinarily well-received. And what I uh, my publisher I talked to the other day has said he's never seen another book like this. And they this is a huge publication. And the, what he meant was they're seeing large numbers of people buying multiple copies of the book. You just never see that. And what we're finding, people buy the book, read it, and go, oh, my God, you know, I need to buy this for my kids, my grandkids, and people need to read this book. Because the book is written targeting non-scientists. The main thing I hear about the book, it's very readable. People that hardly ever read and definitely never read anything about science pick this up and in some cases can't put it down. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's out there. Uh, also, if you sign up uh, on the website... Uh, I've got a button there. I will send a PowerPoint presentation of the top 25 figures in the book to everyone that signs up there, because I don't want this book to be just something that sits on a shelf. I want your listeners to go get the PowerPoint and have something. So if their idiot brother-in-law from Baltimore you know, posts something about polar bears on Facebook, they can go, oh, well, what about this? And they can show actual science that's sourced and referenced. Now, you have a, a part of your book where you talk about uh, hurricanes and how they are politicized. Extreme weather, Gregory, is often talked about as evidence of uh, something going on, right, with the climate change. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I saw that. We've never had this before, these hurricanes back to back to back, extreme weather, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you well, address that? We have had hurricanes back to back to back. What we haven't had were 12 years of relatively no hurricanes. We had no major hurricane making a landfall in the United States for 12 years. And that had never happened before. Uh, the previous record was eight years back in the uh, 1860s. So what's been unusual has been the low number of hurricanes. So it may have seemed that three hurricanes was a large number, but if we look at the big picture... Uh, we see that hurricanes have actually been declining, not increasing. Uh, and actually, the uh, Intergovernment Panel on Climate Change actually recognizes that. And they say that there's no link between increasing hurricanes and uh, the warming that we're seeing. Uh, we also see that tornadoes are uh, decreasing. 2016 had the lowest number of tornadoes, ended up 2016. I've got that in the book. Uh, according to NOAA, I've got a, a chart from NOAA that I've got in the book. Uh, lowest number of hurricanes that they've ever recorded, or of tornadoes that they've ever recorded. Uh, so the, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but rising temperatures don't cause severe weather. Severe weather is caused by differential, uh, differentials of temperatures. In other words, a really low temperature versus a very high temperature. Uh, rising temperatures tend to equalize the differentials, and it actually leads to less severe weather events. Anything else that you'd like to talk about before we let you go? What's another thing that you believe is floating out there that you'd like to say, no, it's not what it seems? Well, I think the, the big thing when we talk, you heard me talk about how a lot of these events uh, are declining. A lot of that's driven, forest fires is a great example 
I thought going into the book that forest. I'm, did you believe forest fires were increasing? You probably yeah, did. Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah, because yeah. California looks Everybody like it's burning to the ground. Yeah, uh-huh. right. Exactly. But if you look at the long term uh, numbers of, of forest fires, and it's very well documented. Uh, there is a long term and significant decline. In fact, I just went back in the book. Uh, I took the forest fire data for the United States back to the year 1960. I just found some other additional data from the U.S. Census Bureau that takes it back to the year 26, again confirming that we've been a long-term decline in forest, both number of forest fires and an acreage burned. And it's counter to what you might think. You'd think with rising temperatures, well, droughts and hurt, or, uh, forest fires and heat waves should increase, but... They're not mainly because of uh, increasing soil moisture across the world. The world is actually greening. It's not turning into a desert. Uh, And that's actually due directly to rising temperatures, which increase water vapor within the atmosphere and leads to more precipitation. And also the CO2 fertilization effect means that plants don't need to suck more water out of the ground. So it leaves more water in the ground those things all lead to a, a greater soil moisture, which then, of course, is a dampening effect on forest fires and uh, and a lot of the other events that we see. So uh, rest rest assured, rest easy. You know, the, the planet is actually seeing great benefits from rising temperatures and increasing CO2, which is maybe one of the biggest ar- overarching themes in the book. And it's absolutely contrary to anything you maybe your listeners have ever heard Gregory and this Wrightstone. is all very this is all very fact-based well-sourced well-referenced thanks for doing the show today give your web address out one more time so that uh, because I, I don't know if everybody caught it if they'd like to get the book because it really is sold out on Amazon that's true yeah it, inconvenient facts dot XYZ use the promo code 1776 to get five dollars off and go buy one for yourself and five for your kids or grandkids. Uh, it's it's well worth your time, and it's an easy read. Yeah, You're in high demand now, aren't you? Uh, you can't be in too much demand. <laughs> in fact, actually, I just, I just author, I just, as, I, as you were calling me this morning, I just uh, pulled the trigger on our, our second printing of the book. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to get, uh, uh, we, we have... In our warehouse, we have books left. Um, We'll probably get another shipment in in a couple of weeks. But uh, so, if you want it, you better order it now. All right, buddy. Thanks for doing the show today. I had uh, the great pleasure of having you on, and it was uh, enlightening to say the least. Thanks. Thank you. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Doncic. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.